everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the Help on the Way podcast, where we are featuring November 25th, 1982. I am your co-host, The Game, here with my fellow co-hosts, Knob and Fig. Let's go ahead and give them a um, nice January good afternoon, friends. Good afternoon. Nice, good af- January afternoon, friends. January good friend. <laughs> Good January. Friends. January friend afternoon. Afternoon. I'm going to uh I'm gonna start writing these down when like they <laughs> hit me randomly during the week. Like that would be a good segue. I'm gonna start you taking notes. Put it because, in the in the show sheet. Because thinking of them on the fly, you know what? Obviously it's just not working out too. <laughs> well, it's, it's usually about the weather, I I've noticed. I disagree. Yes. <laughs> the weather's a big topic, you know. It's huge. Uh, it's a big deal. Um before we go into the main event of November 25th, 1982, of course, as always, we're going to kick off with our Channel 6 news segment. And this week we have news on two Reddit Ask Me Anythings. Um, the first one is um, Bob Bralov, um, and that happened on January the 6th. Um, the big takeaway from his AMA, not the big takeaway, but um, they have a new um, CD, uh, Persistence of Memory, coming out. Um, did it already come oh, out? Oh, it's out. It's, it's out. out. It's, it's out, out on the streaming platforms. I'm sure you could buy it if uh, you still buy physical medium. Nice. Yeah. And I have listened uh, to it. Nob, do you have any info on this AMA? Yeah, I mean, I read it. Uh, I think that's really interesting. <laughs> if I'm honest with you, uh, Braylove is not a figure I'm super familiar with in the Grateful Dead world. Um, and so, like, I know he, he matters, but he's just not someone I'm super familiar with. And so I wasn't sure what to expect going into the AMA. But I thought he had some really interesting things to say about 90s Dead, particularly about Vince and Brent and the difference between those two and what they added to the Dead's music as well as all of the technical stuff. I, if you're a nut for later, especially 90s Dead, uh, I think it's a really interesting read. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. I, I definitely learned a lot. Yeah, I would check it out. I haven't, I haven't delved into it. Um, not sure if Friday night's a great night for AMAs. Um, yeah. There's other alternate programming people have going on in their lives generally on Friday night. Um, but I will say I did listen to per- Persistence of Memory, um, and it it was uh, it was interesting. If you're a fan of space, uh, I think you would like it. So, uh, game uh, maybe this is one that you uh, y- you know kind of put a pause button on, <laughs> uh, miss out on. But it, it was good. You know, it, it, it's interesting stuff. It's yeah, it's atmospheric. It's it's interesting. So now joining hand in hand with yeah. Bob's AMA is the Tom Constantin. Um, A-N-A. I'm happy I said that name correctly. Um, A-M-A. That happens on January the 13th. That is the day after this episode drops. So, if you uh, get the alert in your podcast application that the Help on the Web podcast dropped and you're listening to this on the day of, tomorrow is the Tom Constantin A-M-A. Um, and him, along with Bob, have the Persistence of Memory um, CD. Um, in other news, um, playing in the sand is coming up as well. Um, that begins on January the 14th through the 17th. Um, the streaming schedule, 
Um, currently is Dead and Company on January the 14th, the 16th, and the 17th with Goose on January the 15th. Um, so I personally am very much looking forward to that. And just like playing in the sand, the Grateful Dead was playing in the sand. November 25th, 1982, Montego Bay, Freeport Zone, Jamaica. It was the Jamaica World Music Festival. Um, the one note I took during the um, listening back to of this was the intro of The Grateful Dead was yes. probably the best one I think I've ever heard. Are you ready to do some trucking? <laughs> the deadheads. The deadheads. Do we have the deadheads? <laughs> oh, um, I was gonna. I saw a four-minute track labeled "tuning," and I was like, "Oh God, I'm not gonna listen to that." But let's oh, just, just listen to that. the first minute. And well, that, hearing that the guy same talk made it worth it. That same guy came on at the end. Was just like, "Well, that's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> oh. That's the end. Hope you enjoyed it. See you tomorrow." <laughs> Um, this again was November 25th, 1982, um, Freeport Zone, Jamaica, Montego Bay, um, set one kicked off at 4.30 in the morning, oh, um, not here, um, average start time for a Grateful Dead set for sure, um, set one kicked off, um, at least it kicked off with like a good 4.30 in the morning song, a good 4.30 in the morning sugary it's 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 all right with me. Uh, set one kicks off with Sugary into Minglewood Blues into Loser into Man Smart Woman Smarter Althea and then it finished with Let It Grow. Um, Fig, what were your thoughts on set number one? Yes, yeah, so this was a cool show. Um, so full disclosure, you know, peek behind the curtain and and frequent listeners and hopefully my co-hosts un understand this, but. Everything we do is randomized, okay? Um, this The interesting thing in this show is, uh, essentially I have a spreadsheet with, uh, I randomize the dates of the Grateful Dead's history, and I go down the spreadsheet to check if there's a show. So this show was actually scheduled for November 25th. Hold on, I might be screwing this up. The, the, yeah, so this was, the Dead were billed for November 25th. However... Because this was a uh, Jamaica, uh, you know, a Jamaica World Music Festival, um, I imagine things were not going on time, and the Dead didn't play until four o'clock in the morning uh, on the twenty-sixth. Okay, so this week's show was supposed to be the twenty-sixth, but um, it turns out that, well, okay, I kind of forget how it worked with, yeah, okay, so it was, okay. <laughs> they were billed on the 25th. The spreadsheet told me that I need to play the show on the 26th, and this actually came up because they did play on the 26th. It's just at 4 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So all that being said, there's an interesting backdrop to the uh, to the Montego Bay show. And they start off, and they didn't give the audience really anything, you know, kind of... Uh, uh, powerful and, and you know anything to wake them up um, right off the bat. It was a sugary. Uh, it had a good groove to it. Um, I was liking uh, Brent's uh, syncopated keyboard sound throughout. At the end, 
uh, Phil goes into the mic and said, we're going to fix it, okay? And I couldn't tell what he was talking about or if he was like happy or not happy about it. Uh, at 4.30 in the morning, it could have gone either way. Uh, we go into New Minglewood Blues, and I just remark, you know, it's a good version of the song, but um, Bobby said all the island girls start looking good. Loser was a very powerful performance, uh, kind of throughout the show, and especially in Loser. This is a good show for Phil just being the band leader and just kind of, um, you know, just moving the band from, from you know, part to part and just really doing what, what Phil does best. Althea and Let It Grow were exceptional. I don't have much to add besides that. Uh, Let It Grow, I have a star next to it. It was, you know, in my head, it was kind of cool because, like, you know, the Grateful Dead in this setting, I, I don't know, just kind of, uh, I don't know, like, they're, they're kind of their own thing. I mean, clearly, they're always their own thing. But in the Jamaica World Festival, you know, this is, you know, they had the Whalers there, um, B-52s, uh, let's see. I'm looking. Uh, Aretha Franklin, Beach Boys. You know, weird, kind of a yeah. It was like a variety of players. The Clash were there. Peter Tosh. So it was reggae, but it was also you know other kind of bands too. But the cool thing about Let It Grow is just it, it felt like the most authentic Grateful Dead song of the night. It was just like, look what the Dead could do with a song like Let It Grow. And that's why I thought it was really cool because it was just them kind of flexing their muscle. And, and, you know, they weren't really leaning too hard into, you know, the reggae kind of syncopation uh, feel throughout, although they did play Scarlet Fire in the second set. Um, and I thought that was good. I thought they played it really well. And uh, it was a, overall a really good first set. So, Nob, what are your thoughts? I generally agree. I think that with this show you get a truncated 80s dead show. Every song feels like it's about a minute shorter than it normally would be. Mm. Um, obviously, there are fewer songs in these sets than there normally would be, but it doesn't feel like you've lost out on a ton. You just don't get a lot of killer jams. The energy is still there. The dance, the groove, it's all still there. Just some of these songs feel a bit short. Sugary is definitely one that I thought could have had another minute or two in it. I understand why they had to cut it short, uh, but I definitely was starting to feel it. Minglewood had really great energy, always a really nice sign, got me on my feet dancing. Some some nice solos from everybody, even a passable Bobby Slide solo. I must say <laughs> that when Bobby said those island girls start looking good, it's the most middle-aged I've ever heard him sound. Yeah, like that that is a forty-five-year-old man's Instagram caption, uh, <laughs> and so I found that a little funny. And his picture is—he's in a car and he's got sunglasses on. And, exactly, yeah, it's he's very much this listening is to where Jimmy Bobby in the Midnight's Bobby is born. <laughs> um, loser is grungy in the best way. I think we had a loser for the last show, an eighty-two loser, and I think I was really hard on it. Uh, this worked for me. Jerry's, there's still the grunge, but it wasn't overbearing. Jerry's got good energy in his vocals. He's got a killer, crunchy solo, some sharp dynamics. It's not an all-time great loser or anything, but it is really strong. And that's kind of how I feel about everything in this set. I don't know if there's any song that goes down as an all-time great, but there is no bad moment in this set. Uh, really bouncy, man smart, women smarter. The jam gets a little lost in the middle when Jerry stops soloing, but they're having a good time. 
Uh, Brent's harmonies add a lot. The groove is good. I really like the Althea. I'm a little bit picky about my Altheas. I like Althea, but I'm I don't like every Althea. This is a really good Althea. This this worked for me in every way. Uh, Jerry sounded really nice, his vocals and his solos. Phil was killing it. Phil, in general, uh, was a big part of this night for me. Althea's interesting because Jerry is famous for his envelope filter, that wah-wah-wah sound that he's got. But Bob starts to play with it for his backing part in this Althea, and maybe it's something he always does that I've never noticed before, but I found that really interesting. Um... There's a weird transition into Let It Grow, but I, I'm pretty sure that's mostly the tape. I don't think that's on the Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think that there was a cutoff, and, and we yeah. don't hear the first parts of Let It Grow, yeah. Yeah, so it's a little bit weird, but it, once it gets going, it comes out swinging. Bobby's yeah. singing his heart out. Brent is singing his heart out on those harmonies. Uh, Phil and the drummers provide a really dancey underscore so that even as mm. Jerry starts getting out there for Let It Grow, we never lose the groove. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed this set. Uh, there's really no bad song, but the stuff that stands out to me are Minglewood, Loser, and the Althea Let It Grow. Um, what did you think, Game? Um, yeah, set one started with that amazing introduction. Um, so that put a smile on my face right away. Um, Sugary was good. Um... Not great, but just a nice, you know, sugary. Um, Minglewood was okay. Uh, Loser was great. Uh, I really enjoyed Loser. Yeah, it was uh, really a great performance. It really was. Um, Man Smart Woman Smarter was, you know, if that fit the vibe. Um, Althea was awesome. Um, I am a Althea purist, <laughs> and... This what does that was... mean to it, to you? What does that mean? Because I'm not sure what that means to me. That means... Um... What does that mean to me? That means that... I would say that's probably my favorite song. Really? I, I would probably say so, yes. Althea's your favorite Grateful Dead song? Yes. Interesting. So, um, the guitarist in my band uh, is a Grateful Dead fan, and, and Althea's his favorite song. Yeah. And um, I, never, I never got that. Is he John Mayer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is your bandmate John Mayer? I'm actually Bob Weir. Because that's think, his favorite Grateful Dead song. That's think, true. Well, that's, that's the one that got him on the bus. I yeah. think with Althea, it can be, and this can go for really every Grateful Dead song, frankly. Um, it can be depressing, sad, yeah. or it can be fantastically happy and great. Um, and it's all the same song. Um, mm hmm. And I don't know. It's just that's just that's just my jam. And yeah. so it's like the it's the whole thing. It's the yin yeah. and yang. Yeah. It's 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 the vanilla and the chocolate and a little strawberry in there too. It's the whole uh, trio. I um, mean, when you look at a steely, it really is like Neapolitan ice cream. You got the red yeah. strawberry. Oh my! I never even thought of that. Uh huh. You got the blue chocolate. Selling those on lot. You you know Fig has thought of this before. He's like, oh yes, it is. No, my, my major Grateful Dead take is that they are the yin and the yang, and that's why they're good. Is because they represent the best parts of life, and they also yeah. can kind of uh, project the worst parts of life and and everything in between. Um, and that's that's why we can still talk about them uh, fifty years later. I agree. Just like Neapolitan ice cream. Absolutely. <laughs> 
And that's how you close the segment. And you know what? <laughs> We're just going to go right to set two. And that's how you get a uh, episode title. Yes. I was about to say, we bring it up like two more times, and this is going to slowly start working its way into being a Neapolitan ice cream podcast. <laughs> I'll go get the briars. We'll, see, we'll start doing taste tests. <laughs> All right. Um, set two of the November 25th slash 26th um, Montego Bay show um, kicked off with Samson and Delilah. Then we got Scarlet Begonias into Fire on the Mountain. Then we've got Drums. And I do want to make note that this was Drums spelled with a Z. So Drums with a Z. Uh, no space this one uh we did get throwing stones so i would argue that um would drums you? with a z includes space that's my that's, take that tends to be how dead bass deals with the drum space <laughs> of it all is that it's yeah, all they just drums. spell drums wrong <laughs> that makes it a song title and not just the concept of playing drums in that case ladies and gentlemen i will always make sure to reference it with a z so you know if you should skip it or not um, <laughs> um then after drums uh, we had uh, Throwing Stones into Not Fade Away into Black Peter, and the show wrapped up with Good Lovin'. Nob, what were your thoughts on set two? I still like it. Um, uh, my thoughts on set two are fairly similar to my thoughts on set one. In general, this is a truncated second set. All of the songs are probably a minute or two shorter than you'd expect with the dead. But again, they bring the energy that you're... It makes up for it. Samson and Delilah is a really nice, high-energy start. Bobby sounded great, but it really started kicking for me when we got to uh, Jerry's solos. In that last jam, Brent's organ was adding a lot of really cool stuff. The, the Jerry and Brent interplay was especially on display. Brent, I don't know how to describe this, but Brent started doing this cool like whoosh, 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 wah, whoosh, 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 wah, sound in his in his organ in the last jam, and I thought that was really cool. He's Scarlet... good at the at organ techniques. You know what yes. I mean? Like oh, he's an yeah. awesome technique player. Yes, he can get you some really cool sounds out of that thing, not just playing the notes. Um Scarlet is energetic. It's fast, but not coked up fast. It's good jury vocals, some clean hits. Again, it's a faster, shorter version because of this festival setting. But I would give them props that they do let the transition between Scarlet and Fire have time to breathe. They really... I, I kind of would have figured that we'd have started to reach the end of a Scarlet solo and Phil would just start doing the Fire-based riff and we'd go into that as fast as possible. But no, they really do let that transition breathe. The verses of Fire sound really good, but it's the Jerry solos that are really doing it for me. The ending jam is especially hot. Um, I was running Can I late jump this... in yeah? uh, and, and ask you to please rate the Scarlet Fire? Mm, sure, I would... Out of uh, ten? Uh, like, six, seven? I'll say seven. The energy was nice. really good, but I wouldn't put it as a top Scarlet Fire just because of the shorter length to it. Sure. Um, there's not a lot of exploration, but there is a lot of good energy. Um, I skipped drums. I was running late this week. I skipped drums. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Missed it. Um, I'm not being sarcastic. It was good. I believe you. I like drums. Uh, 
weirdly, I this Throwing Stones was really interesting to me because it felt more like the later arrangement in its vibe than the one we listened to last week, which is weird because it's a month earlier. But this feels like a mid to late '80s Rolling Stones or Throwing Stones to me. There's there's not as much piss and vinegar, and there's very much a, a, a confidence to it that really makes it work. Uh, a zippy, not fade away. Um, in the second verse, Jerry doesn't do the harmonies, and it leaves Bobby to sing it alone. And while this isn't something I'd always want for the song, it's kind of cool. And they like, hey, once in a blue moon kind of thing. Uh, Brent has some really fun energy in that uh, not fade away. And I was surprised how quiet the ending got before they went into the Black Peter. They really anticipated the sensitivity they were about to need. Um, it's a speedier Black Peter, but it, I would say it doesn't sacrifice the emotion. Even though Phil and the drummers are speeding along, Jerry's vocals are still bringing it. The bridge is especially gorgeous. It's not the highlight of the show or anything, but it's a really strong rendition. And Good Lovin' has some really good energy to bring us home. It's grooving, it's driving, it's got high-energy vocals. It's all you really want out of this bad boy. You know, again, I don't think it would go down as an all-timer good lovin', but it is a near-perfect good lovin'. Uh, and I really enjoyed Bobby's ending monologue. Uh, that's it. Hope you enjoyed it. See you tomorrow. What did you think, Fig? Uh, yeah, so... Uh, Echo. Uh, this, this was a very strong second set. Uh, actually, I mean, this is a good show overall. I really, I really did like the show. So, um, Samson gave us the, you know, this was the second set opener. It gave the crowd the mm, pep or the the power or you know it, the opening that you would I would have expected from set one, right? After being, yeah, you know, this is probably five o'clock in the morning, five fifteen at this point. Um, so smart way to open set one, and and they really. Um, you know, that kind of set set the tone for the rest of the night. Scarlet Fire definitely grew on me with successive listenings. Um, Scarlet, I didn't think Jerry's voice was that good. He may have tripped over some of the lyrics or something. Um, Brent had a very good uh, build with his organ, which was which was pretty awesome. Um, and then the transition was interesting. I, at first, I didn't think there was much there. I just wrote that it was quick, and then it got good. On successive listens, I, I realized that they were exploring. Like, they were kind of poking and prodding, you know, at the at the envelope of, of what you would expect from um, Scarlet Fire. And there's some interesting, you know, uh, experiments that, that they were doing. But it was, it was short. And at first, I thought Jerry was, you know, okay, we're, we're yeah, this is a music fest. Let's, let's just kind of go to fire. But then when I realized it, it was actually Brent who actually... Um, mm. Yeah, uh, move things over to fire. So, in and in fire, now we're in full-on Jamaica, you know, reggae uh, feel. Um, and Jerry, uh, his vocals were uh, pretty awesome. And let's see here. Um, we go into the drums, which actually was great. I, I would, uh, Nob, recommend you going back and listening to it because there was kind of a, a portion that almost sound like Spanish jam. And I think it was, it, I think it was um, Phil who was doing some double stop, uh, you know, chords and they, it just kind of had this very Spanish feel to it. Um, and it, it was a good transition into throwing stones, which then itself had a very good transition into not fade away. The next song 
that needs to be talked about, I think, is, is Black Peter. I uh, put a star next to this one. This was awesome. Uh, the highlights were Jerry's two solos. So the first one really highlighted Jerry's blues playing. Uh, you know, very bluesy Black Peter type solo. Uh, his second solo, like kind of uh, toward the outro, um, it really just emphasized the rock. And, and it was awesome. Both of those are really good. Very well played Black Peter. And then Good Lovin' I thought was really cool. So like given given the context, you know, again, it was like, this is what the Grateful Dead can do. Like, let it grow. You know, it was how they ended set one. It was like, you know, look at this, like, fantastic, you know, proggy kind of, uh, you know, setup we have here with this song. And then uh, Good Lovin' was like, you know, we can also bring the rock and just, you know, let you have fun and party. And and again, it was the yin and the yang. It was a very good show. I'm going to uh, ask myself the question to rate the Scarlet Fire. I was going to say 7 out of 10 as well. Um, it wasn't, you know, I, I kind of wish they would do, would have done more with that transition, but it was, yeah. um, kind of on the nose. It was, it was, it was what they should have done, uh, given the setting that they were in. And so with that, I will kick it over to game. What are your thoughts on set two? Um, I like set two. Um, I think I like set two, even though set one had Althea, I think I like set two more than I like set one. Um, Samson and Delilah was a great opener. Um, Scarlet Fire was good. Um, I'm going to say probably a 6 out of 10, though, for me. Um, I don't know. It just hasn't hit like some of the other ones have recently. I would recommend give it another listen. Maybe we can bump that back up to 7, but go ahead. I will. I will. I'll do that uh, tonight, actually. Um, when I am on the fire of my own mountain, well, I will give that a listen. Um, <laughs> drums, I absolutely skipped. Um, throwing Stones was great. Um, Not Fade Away was good. Black Peter was probably my favorite song set to. Um, it was awesome. Um, Jerry was great. Um, like like you said, Nob, even though um, Phil and the boys um, had the pedal down, it didn't change the emotion of the song at all. And I yeah. thought that was awesome. Um, and Good Lovin' was great. Um, reading the reviews of this show um on the archive before listening um i was not expecting much um but i was very pleasantly surprised um and enjoyed the whole show um when i listened to it this week for sure all right so we have our scarlet fires rated oh i did want to mention one thing quickly um, yeah. Fig, when you were reading through some of the other performers, um, uh, who also performed at the, uh, Jamaica World Music Festival, you did miss one special little standout. Um, you want to guess? <laughs> Bobby and the Midnights, um, oh. st stuck around, um, and they played the Jamaica World Music Festival on november 27th um and surprisingly um i shouldn't say surprisingly um not surprisingly <laughs> not surprisingly there is a a recording of this show on the archive um and as knob has noticed uh he actually plays man smart women smarter for a second time he got to haven't helped the fool so, yeah, I am. There's a song in there called Bahama Mama, which I have never heard before in my life. And, and I seven, want you all and to know that as soon as this podcast recording is over, <laughs> that's going to be the first thing I listen to. 
and this is now seven a Bahama Mama too. podcast. I'm going to come back next week being like, guys, wait, you have to go back and listen to this Bahama Mama. <laughs> you guys it remember was a life-changing jam. Do you guys remember Slush Puppies? Yes. And you can get oh, yeah. Bahama Mama Slush yes. Puppies? Yeah, maybe that's, that maybe that's like... what he was singing about. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Big Slush <laughs> Puppy around, fan. It's around that time, you know? 1982. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I just found that interesting. Um, a, I found that interesting that I guess in my mind, and and I guess this festival, based off when the Grateful Dead played, uh, obviously scheduling maybe wasn't their strong suit. Um, but I just would feel like Bobby and the Midnight's would be there before the Grateful Dead. Like, yeah, know. you know, like you're kind of. I don't want to say it's the B band, well, but I got I got a feeling that this is probably one of those festivals that had multiple stages. And no disrespect oh. to Bobby and the Midnights, I, I, I would have a feeling that they'd put them on the B stage. They were on the like general parking at Peach stage. That's yeah. Where, yeah, 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 yeah. That's where they played. Yes, Fig. Um, I could absolutely see that slush puppy being passed around 1982 Jamaica. Um, and there's something else in that slush puppy. Absolutely. It wasn't in my uh, Little League <laughs> games snack bar. Absolutely. Yeah. I want to drive around Mechanics Works tonight, see if I can find one. That, that yeah, let's get some slush puppies, man. That looks pretty damn good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. We um, before we do these podcasts. Yes, we do. Um, before we go into um, our Book of the Dead and stuff, we're going to go into the Reddit comments um first um and that really we just got one comment from the hurdy gurdy man himself um hurdy gurdy 11 um and hurdy actually not hurdy gurdy 11 hurdy gurdy 111 um hurdy gurdy 111 um asked um isn't this the show where they didn't go on until 4 a.m and Fig um, confirmed that, and me on my burner account also confirmed that. Well, that was you. <laughs> yes, that's me on my burner account. You should start um, commenting on shows where we don't have any comments. You'd be like, oh, look, we have one. <laughs> Why is this man who only talked about wrestling also talking about the Grateful Dead? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, uh, that is how I feel about you anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yes. Um, so, only one comment this week. Um... First, but that, is, but that is part of of the history of the show. This is the yeah. four thirty a.m. show. Um, um, I like the Grateful Dead, but I hate mornings. And I was yeah, I don't know if I would, I would I mean, be there. Oh, I'd be so I'd be a crank. crank. Oh, I'd be such a crank. Oh, it'd be great. Oh, a fresh cup of coffee, wake up the sugary. Oh, I'll be awesome. Make bacon and eggs. You know what's sugary is a delicious slush puppy. Some nice fried plantains. You standing in the middle of a music festival, just making bacon and eggs. I would be making a PA Dutch breakfast, like right in the middle of the opening set, and people would be like, "What is this?" Scrapple, Scrapple would be on the on the griddle. Oh, it'd be awesome! Oh no, we've done it. We've become a Pennsylvania (laughs) podcast again. (laughs) Um, as far as we Taylor Ham, don't worry. Ooh, yeah, too. Um, Book of the Dead. Um, Fig, has this made has this show made your book of the dead? Uh, I'm pretty discerning with my book of the deads, but I'm gonna go with yes. I really enjoyed this one uh, from start to finish. Yeah, this was a really cool one. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, we've we've had a lot of eighty two shows, and they're somewhat hit or miss in my book. Uh, this one was definitely a hit, and um, 
you know, they nailed it, you know, not only for what they played, but for what they played within the context of this, uh, uh, what was it, Jamaica World Music Festival. Really cool stuff. I'm glad we listened to this one. Um, Nob, Book of the Dead. I would also say this makes my Book of the Dead. Nice. Like has been mentioned, it is truncated. And so if you are looking for monster crazy jazz jams, this isn't the show I would go to. But if you're in that Red Rock 78 kind of world, in that late 80s kind of world where you're just looking for a real, real fun party, this set is a real fun party. Um, and for dancey dead, for, for, for good vibes dead, it's hard to beat this. Aim. Yeah, um, I'm gonna say yes. This is this is the trifecta. Wow. This is the wow. um. This means, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, that you are getting the entire show. Um, and I think the reason why I said yes, um, this is we bullied you into it. No, no. <laughs> um, low self esteem. I do like set one and I do like set two and the opening makes me laugh um, so much. Uh, and my MVP of the show also makes me laugh so much. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is a brand new segment we are debuting this week on the Help on the Way podcast. Um, so not only will we be saying the Book of the Dead... Um, not only will we be rating the Scarlet Fires when they come up, we will now be giving our show MVPs. So, the show MVP for me, since I will tie this into my uh, Book of the Dead, is Phil. Wow. Um, Phil. Um, <laughs> after Sugary, when Phil is like, we're going to fix it, he sounds so pissed. Sounds like how I would feel at a four thirty in the morning. He sounds so pissed, but also like it's fucking four thirty in the morning. I'm about to lose my shit. Like, fix this pissed. Like it's <laughs> it's there's a little bit of, of hilarity in his voice and a whole lot of anger. And... There's a lot of like scary dad voice in his <laughs> <Yes>. voice. <laughs> and oh, I yeah. and I love it. And and the show's fast and yeah, he is my MVP of uh, the show. Uh, Nobbers, how about you? <laughs> Thank you. Um, I would. I. I've been going back and forth about this, but it is probably Phil for me. My yeah. other. I went back and forth. Like Jerry did a lot of great stuff in the show. Brent did a lot of really great stuff in the show. If I had to give it, I'll say Brent is my honorable mention. But I do think that this show is anchored down by Phil's uh, really active, really f groovy bass grooves, uh, and it makes the show all the better. What about you, Fig? Um, you know, at first I wrote down that this was a Brent show, and yeah. a Brent mix because he was very high up in the mix. Yes. Um, yes. But then later, on a successive uh, listen, I realized that this was uh, a huge Phil show. Um, so I'm going to complete the Phil trifecta. He was just everywhere tonight. He was, he was the band leader. He really yeah. made this night happen. And, um, those, those grooves were, were awesome. And, um, a lot of them were thanks to Phil. So I guess he fixed it. Thank you, Phil. He did fix it. Um, so this, gotta fix it. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure, um, what we're going to do. Uh, well, we have three of the same show MVPs. 
Um, I was gonna say we'll do a Phil seance, but Phil's still alive. Man, well, how about still, this? What if, uh, what if we each sorry, each vote five each other for being really smart about picking MVPs? We get we get a gold star. We know well, what we have to what do. What if we do this? We have to donate an organ. <laughs> <laughs> you go first. Game. You gotta. I want everyone in this room to turn to the person next to them and say, "Hey, what if do you something need? happens to me, I want to be an organ donor." <laughs> Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah, I see what it's you did. Phil reference. It's a Phil reference. Um, so here's here's my pl- plausible um, <laughs> idea for this segment is um, we will count up you know votes. Mm. Each vote is one. Oh, you know one, and then like at the end of the year or like at a certain point, we can see who we thought was uh, MVP for the year or for yeah. whatever arbitrary period of time. I so we have three three votes for Phil tonight. Yes, so three votes for Phil, and then maybe at the end of the year, and now this is obviously looking fifty, how many weeks away? Um, maybe we could say like, here was the show, here was our MVP, and here are you know a selection of eight to twenty songs that this MVP shined in. In the 50x episodes that we featured this year, oh, yeah, something that, like that. And then that they have awesome. to be a guest on the show. Yes, <laughs> Brent, you're coming even on if, if you want Brent, to or not. Even but... if it's Jerry, he has to be on the show. We'll have a Ouija board. We're like, okay, Jerry, now on 8:30:82, what were you thinking? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> When's the set break? Oh, goodness. Um, so anyway, um, Phil Lesh is the show MVP. Um, the three of us vote yes for the show being in our Book of the Dead. So that means after we finally are done Yip Yap in here, you will hear the entire show of November 25th or November 26th, 1982. Um, so actually, I think that is everything. Um, next week, we are featuring, um, and Fig, you can shed some light on this. Um, we are featuring, um, July 30th, 1970, um, yeah, from The Matrix in San Francisco, California. But I believe this is like a missing show. Am I correct on that, Fig? Yeah, so this is, um, Set three of a larger new writer, uh, new writers of the Purple Sage, you know, night. Uh, this was played at the Matrix, so like a smaller venue in San Francisco. And all that is surviving and available on the archive, and uh, I only listened to a very little bit of it, it sounded like a pretty decent soundboard, is uh, the Grateful Dead uh, doing an acoustic set. Uh, it's a pretty short acoustic set. It's to Lay Me Down, Direwolf, Candyman, Rosalie McFall, I Hear a Voice of Colin, and then Swing Low. This is actually the first to lay me down, which is really cool. Really looking forward to that. Um, the you know Jerry sat in with new writers for uh, uh, playing the pedal steel for the first two sets, and, and new writers did kind of go into some more Grateful Dead uh, type songs. But there is no that we know of existing uh, recording for New Riders of the Purple Sage. So all we have is the Grateful Dead, which is fine because this is not a New Riders of the Purple Sage. Uh, podcast. This is a Grateful Dead podcast, and that's what we will be featuring. It's only about five or six songs, but I'm looking forward to it. Um, look at what I just sent in the chat. 
I'll edit oh. this if I have to. Um, oh. oh, so it was built under New Rise of the Purple Sage. That sounds about right. Yeah. Interesting song choices. Yeah. Um, so, Big Yellow Taxi. Ladies and gentlemen, as, as we're going through this, we just found on the archive. Um, that was amazing. July. Yeah, literally. It's just, you just <laughs> type in. Like, I just Google stuff. Um, and I don't even use it just for music anymore. I use it for all kinds of stuff. Um, yeah, it's really just amazing. Uh, but we did find the July 30th, 1970, uh, New Riders of the Purple Sage um, show. Um, 25 the sound quality, too. Like really um, decent. 25 songs. Um, there's some notes here. Um, let's see here. We're just going to read this together here. Uh, Matt's notes. Of course, this is mere speculation, but this show is comprised of three different reels. The GD set is on the high country reel. Another reel is listed as 73070 and the third for 3070. Obviously the Grateful Dead and the 73070 go together, but I believe the 43070 is the second half of the new rider show. The mix is the same and all the songs are different and the and back then there were certain tunes they always played every show. Um so I guess we're assuming that this is the complete 730, yeah. 70 new writer show. Um, but for the sake of this conversation, I'm okay with saying that it is. <laughs> yeah. Unless um, next week we want to become a true crime podcast and we spend the whole time going, hey, I'm missing Grateful Dead show. Hey, that's hot. True crime right. is, is big business. So People well, love true crime. Yeah. My wife will get down here. She will record what's over for us. <laughs> There was a missing tape. <laughs> now there's there's footage, and it was found. It was found on film. Who killed who for the missing tape? Yeah, we're, gonna, we're gonna find out that this tape went on like a short hike with her husband, and we're like, "Where did the tape go?" And everyone's like, "The husband, husband killed it." Her husband is oh. like an influencer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It wasn't clicks. the husband. It was the plumber who met the husband four hours earlier and was infatuated Whoa. with the wife. Da, da, da. And he stole then... the husband's new purple stage tape. Um, <laughs> well, we... here, here's what I would suggest in all reality for this: is I would sure. say that we have a podcast about the Grateful Dead, so we will mm -hmm. all listen to the Grateful Dead set. But let's um, let's give a spin to this new writer since it does exist, and they do play some Dead songs. Let's give it a spin, and we can hear Jerry on uh, pedal steel, and it, it could be cool to you know have a little chat about that as well for next week. Yeah, what do you say? I'm um, I'm very interested in that. Um, this will be my my Monday morning Xbox um, set uh, show. So yeah, no, that sounds perfect. So next week, ladies and gentlemen, if if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my God, Uncle Jeff is like the biggest New Riders of the Purple Sage fan. You got to call him up and be like, hey, the boys, they're going to they're gonna talk about New Riders of the Purple Sage next week on the Help on the Way podcast. So uh, yeah, tune into that. Um, and as always, let's go ahead and do our bookkeeping of um the day. Normally, it's the evening, but it's the day. That's why I'm so lively. Um, as always, please go ahead and smash the subscribe, the subscribe button, um, and like and share this podcast with any and all of your Grateful Dead loving friends and family. Um, you may find us at wherever podcasts are downloaded. However, uh, if you use a service that rhymes loosely with Philify, 
I like how you tied in our this week's MVP into this. Um, we will not be on that one. They like to hold the man down on old Philify. Um, so we will not be on that one. However, we are on essentially every other podcast platform. You may find us directly on the web at helponthewaypod.podbean.com. You may email us at helponthewaypod at gmail.com. You may find us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash grateful dead. And of course, plug for my channel, twitch.tv slash the GD channel. Um, any parting words from Knob or Fig? I'll just say Phil said he was going to fix it, and he fixed it. Pretty good. I have one important question for everybody before they listen to the tape. Are you ready to do some trucking? Uh, uh. Let's hear it for the deadheads. <laughs> Do we have the deadheads? I'm so glad you, the audience, are also going to get to listen to this. Oh, guy. it's the best. He's great. If they he were ever re- to add one more member to the Grateful Dead full time, I would like that guy to come out before every show. He's literally the reason why I said yes to the, for the Book of the Dead is for because of him. Um, but anyway, everybody, thank you once again for listening to the Help on the Way podcast.
spite of her own She'll have to stand out in the pouring rain One last voice is calling you And I guess it's time you go Just one thing I ask of you
you at the Jubilee And if that Jubilee don't come Maybe I'll meet you on the run Just one thing I ask of you Just one thing for me Please forget you knew my name My darling Sugar Don't tell I'm you, no Shake it, shake it, sugary Don't tell I'm you, no Shake it, shake it, sugary So we're going to fix it, okay? Thank you. 
cheer out here in Montego. Where the little girls know what to do.
every buck spray and drinking. I can tell the queen of diamonds by the way she shines.
Oh, <laughs> 
Sympathy. 
I'm a rolling sand I was born to be a bachelor Althea told me, okay, that's fine I'm trying to catch it Can't talk to you without talking to me of the same old thing Thinking a lot about listening And forgetting the love we bring Stop. 
bushels of corn from the barley meal. Open down, open and beckoning till the spring. Black to live again. As he dances the circular track of the park, never knowing that the work of his days measures more than planting and growing.
Or shall we say, shall we call it by name? Well, we count the angels dancing on him. What a bright is the sky from which you came. And the name is on the earth that takes it in. When I speak to stand and stop the rain, listen to the thunder shout. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back in about 10 minutes. Watch. There's somebody out there named Sherry who, sh who should show up backstage so that you can meet your aunt.
got no gold black hair. Why she ain't no sense of mine. When first he saw the swimming lord, he took leave his mind. Why she climbed up on old Samson's knee. Said, tell her where your strength lies. If you're pleasing, she spoke so kind. Talked to her fair. So Samson said, Lila, you cut out my head. He didn't shave my head.
Spinning free, dizzy with eternity, painted with the skin of sky, brushing some clouds and sea. Grace is the human face, but afraid 
path The place to take the blame Will we leave this place an empty stone Well, that shiny ball of blue We call our home While the politicians throw in stones Then the kids, they dance, they shake their bones Singing ashes, ashes, all fall down Ashes, ashes, all fall down Current fashion set the pace Lose your step, fall out of grace while the radical, he rants and rage See, someone's got to turn the page And the rich man in his summer home He say, just leave well enough alone But his pants are down, his cover's blown And the politicians Throwing stones, so the kids they dance, they shake their bones. Cause it's all too clear we're on our own. Singing ashes, ashes all fall down. 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 Thank you. 